0: Welcome to The Way the World Works, where the trusted team behind the Tuttle Twins books tackles current events, hot topics, and fun ideas to help your family find clarity in a world full of confusion.
1: Hey, Brittany. Hi, Connor. So our listeners are no strangers to the fact that sometimes, or maybe even a lot of times, governments make laws that are you know, unjust or even unconstitutional, but if we don't like those laws, you know, there's, there's not a lot of recourse. There's not a lot of things that we can do. A lot of people will say, vote with your feet, um, right? You can move to another city if you don't like your city's laws. You can move to another state if you don't like your state laws. But so many laws are kind of the same everywhere or they're federal laws, right? They're national. So then you got to figure out how to leave the country. But then the, the federal government makes that hard, right? Because they still tax you after you leave. And then you have to get permission to leave with like a passport and a visa. And so these things are kind of complicated and not always ideal. Even, you know, if we want to stay where we are, sometimes we can engage in, you know, civil disobedience. We've talked about that in a uh, a previous episode. We've talked about the right of revolution, something that, you know, John Locke and the founding fathers uh, wrote about, certainly in the Declaration of Independence, that it's the right of the people to alter or abolish their government when it's, uh, you know, undermining or destroying their rights. So there are some options, but these are kind of like difficult options because having to move to another country or even to another state, there's a lot of cost associated with that. You'd have to leave your family behind, your friends, your your support network, uh, maybe your job, uh, you know, and so that's kind of a high, high barrier, right? Like you have to overcome all these things if you want to avoid that one law you don't like or that tax increase that's gone up. So um, what if there was another way to kind of declare your independence and, and live under a system of laws that even you agree with a hundred percent, like what would it be like to live somewhere where uh, you could have a lot more kind of self-control and independence? In fact, you could even be the one making the laws yourself. Well, there's some people who are toying with this idea with something that we call Seasteading. And seasteading is literally when you live in the sea. This could, you know, even be like on a boat. They're kind of, you know, nomadic sailors who just live off of, you know, marine life, fish, whatever, and and they'll just live out on the water. Um, or it could even be like permanent structures in the middle of the ocean called seasteads. These are like floating pods, if you will. Think of them like mini modern islands. Um, and and so this is kind of an interesting new concept. Brittany, have you ever heard about seasteading?
0: Yeah. In fact, I've worked with some people who work for seasteading companies. Uh, one guy, Joe Kirk, the, or Kirk, I spelled his last, name, or his last name wrong, he wrote a whole book about it. So I think it's a really cool concept. It's given people the kind of this hope of freedom that they don't really have in regular countries right now, because even though we are, we are, relatively free compared to other places, like you said. If we don't like a law, if we don't like something, it, it is a little bit trickier to kind of have states competing or even cities competing because you go somewhere and you're oppressed by someone, right? Mm-hmm. But there are parts of the ocean that aren't owned by any government. And I know governments, you, you could argue with whether or not governments justly own land or not, but in the middle of the ocean, there's literally international waters that nobody has any jurisdiction, no rule over. And Mm -hmm. so you can go and you can set up these, these pod, these like man-made Island kind of, but they don't really look like islands. They're more like metal spaceships. If you look at them, they're like on poles. We'll link to some pictures. They're on poles and they kind of stand up over the water, but Because there's no government ruling over it, you're, uh, there's a really cool word, sovereign is kind of the word they say. Sovereign is where you rule over yourself. So if you're living in these waters, you are theoretically supposed to be sovereign and supposed to be able to self-govern. And a lot of people think this is kind of a radical concept to self-govern, but I think it's a pretty fun idea to discuss. There's actually two people who tried it last year. They were Mm. the first sea-setting pioneers. Um... What, the husband's name was Chad and I can't remember the wife's name. I'm actually Facebook friends with them. I've gotten to interview them and ask them some questions, but they built a seastead right outside of Thailand. Now they were about 500, I think, nautical sea miles away from the border of Thailand,
1: mm-hmm. but
0: the government decided that they were a threat to their sovereign, their sovereignty. So they were basically saying, you're trying to be you know, individuals, you're trying to own yourself, you're trying to govern yourself. We think that that might be a threat to our our land, our people. And so they declared war against them, essentially. So they had to flee their home, their uh, seastead. And they're safe now. In fact, they just bought a huge cruise ship that they're going to turn into a seastead. So not hmm. all seasteads stay in one place. Some seasteads are like cruise ships. So you're just sailing around international waters without right. anyone ruling over you. So we think it's really interesting. But whether or not it's practical, whether or not we can actually do this kind of you know, has yet to be seen.
1: Right. And and what I find so interesting about seasteading is it's basically a, a water version of homesteading, right? Like Oh,
0: the, that's a good connection.
1: Well, this all originates from the idea that once upon a time, uh, and and even today, but not really, back in the day, uh, there was unoccupied land. And you and your family could go as, you know, pioneers of the West or whatever and, you know, plant your flag in the ground and say, I claim this territory uh, 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 as my own. Now, this was a little complicated in the sense that first, you know, there were, you know, quote unquote, Native Americans, indigenous type people who lived here and they asserted uh, kind of ownership of all this vast land, and then you have, you know, the kings of Spain and England and others asserting that they now own large chunks of land, like in that,
0: Pocahontas, right? Doesn't the mayor, if anyone's seen the Disney Pocahontas, he kind of claims it for Spain. He claims land yeah, for Spain, yeah. puts a flag on the ground.
1: Yeah, and it's kind of like that. That's not homesteading. That's more like imperial nation domination. building. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, like. I now I'm going to use the force of my military (laughs) to fight anyone who wants to use anything within like, you know, a thousand miles. Right. Homesteading is more the idea that what you can actually develop, the land you can actually, you know, control and develop yourself and live on. That's when it becomes yours because you are bringing utility or usefulness to the land. Simply planting the flag, you know, and saying, I claim this for the king of Spain. You're not actually doing anything. That, that's a political argument, right? You're saying, I'm going to fight you with my army yeah. if you claim it differently. That's just people. It's like the game of risk, right? Like it's just uh, government battles. But homesteading is more like, hey, we're going to you know, develop this on our own. So what you had back in the day with the American colonists is you had, you know, the king of England and, and later the colonies and the states say like, hey, we own all this land. Uh, And we will allow people to homestead the land and basically get, you know, 10 acres, 50, 100 acres. And so the government told people like, hey, we want people to go out into the western frontier and develop, uh, uh, you know, this land. And if you do, you get to keep it. So that created an incentive for all these people to move increasingly westward and settle the land right because hey free land like that's amazing it was an opportunity too.
0: probably none of them would have ever had otherwise of right. these people were necessarily rich you know some right. of them might have been but
1: a lot of them are poor immigrants but they were willing to work hard and so they could go develop the land and maybe start a, a business you know or whatever so that's kind of the principle is homesteading it's like we're claiming this as ours we're going to use it and we're going to kind of govern ourselves a little bit here this i'm going to be the master of my domain and so with that concept, we think now of seasteading, where you know the land is now basically all land on the globe is uh, controlled by someone. And I should pause to say like this this principle could also apply. think of like an island if there was an uninhabited island and and you went and kind of settled it, you could also be kind of the master and and be sovereign, right? You could kind of start your own government. The silliness of this example is that just like with the examples we mentioned earlier where Parts of North America were just claimed by these uh, countries, these kings across the Atlantic Ocean. So, too, today, if you go look up all these different islands about which governments, quote-unquote, own them or control them, it's ridiculous. There's all these, like, tropical islands owned still to this day by, you know, Great Britain or France or the United States, right? It's like, guys, this island is, like, way out there. Just let those people deal with themselves right like why are you trying to control this little island so unfortunately today all land is claimed basically uh by someone else there's another experiment brittany i think you're familiar with i, I think it's called is it liberland or libertopia or libertopia,
0: something libertopia yes
1: yeah where they have like like a couple square miles somewhere in like is that what it area. is <laughs> yeah it's mean-
0: you can pay like five hundred dollars to be a citizen, I think it is. So you can get yeah. a liber, liber, to, or lower land, libertopia. I can't remember. How
1: about, it how about since we can't remember, you'll look it up for the I'll show. I'll look it up and we'll put it in the
0: show notes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So check that out. It's it's a f- interesting little experiment where they're trying to claim that, oh, now we have jurisdiction. We have control over this, you know, few square miles. So we'll give you citizenship. We're forming a new country. But you know, so basically all the all the land. Let's get back to the sea studying. The whole point is all the land is kind of claimed, but all the oceans are not. And so what happens is think of the United States of America within a few, several miles of the the border, the United States of America, the federal government still says we're in charge of these waters because they're so close to us that if we didn't control it, then people could come attack us or steal things or whatever. And so we're going to have a little like buffer, right? A little uh, kind of protection zone around the country. But that's only for, I think it's like 12 miles or something like this.
0: It's not too far. Yeah, no.
1: And so once you go out further than that, there's just vast ocean where, you know, Mexico, Canada, United States, no one is saying we own this part. It is it is kind of unclaimed territory. So in theory, someone could set up either their boat or these little sea stead uh, kind of modern island uh, things or whatever and kind of claim that territory as their own. Another fun thing, maybe we talk about some future time, Brittany, is the same thing applies to space. Right. Ooh, like if yeah. Elon, Elon Musk t- uh, takes us to, uh, you know, Mars, there's going to be all this uninhabited, unclaimed land that if there's technology to like develop it and actually live there, all kinds of people are going to be, quote unquote, homesteading, you know, Mars or some other planet or even the moon. Although, I guess, does the American flag on the moon say that the United States of America? I was like,
0: just wondering that. Owns it all?
1: <laughs> no other country can develop the moon now. I don't, I don't know what they're trying to say with that. But, but that's the point. There's like unclaimed territory. And so we're not going to Mars yet. And the moon, you know, there's nothing there, blah, blah, blah. But hey, out in the sea, people could survive with the right kind of technology. And if you like that lifestyle, and then they would be totally in charge of themselves, which is a really fun idea to think about.
0: And there's another cool aspect to this, and I wrote about this once, and I'll link this article in, but it's also doing amazing things for healthcare, which sounds, you're probably thinking like, what? How does an island or even a cruise ship help with healthcare? But there's something interesting. So a lot of uh, countries, America especially, have a lot of regulations for healthcare. So let's say that you have a terminal illness and you want to try an experimental um, like treatment or drug. You're not allowed to, You right? You have to, because the government says, no, we, we control what you put in your body, and we did another episode on this. But if you go into international waters, if you're not on a land, you can try these. And of course, that doesn't mean they don't come with risks, but that means that you as an individual is making the choice that that maybe your life, because maybe you're going to die with this illness, you care more about trying something that could save your life than you do about the consequences, potential consequences of them. So it's really helpful, but another thing it's doing is people who can't afford healthcare. There's actually cruise ships that, that uh, they spend their time going international waters, but they travel around islands that don't usually have access to good healthcare, and mm. they're making it affordable. So people will, will jump on their boats, and and you know they will sw- not swim out to boat to this big cruise ship, and they'll be able to get healthcare. So it, it's not even just about living living a sovereign life. There's also helping people get the healthcare they need by taking mm. it away from government jurisdictions.
1: So this is kind of the trade-off, right? The the socialists will say, well, we live in a society and we need to all work together and help one another. And, you know, it is nice to live, uh, for example, like if you live out, probably some of our listeners live in very rural areas. And so they have to drive quite a ways to go to you know, a grocery store or the gas station or a movie theater. Whereas other people like being able to walk to those places and and being super close. It is nice to to live next to amenities, right? The uh, amenities are like things that are nice to have. Um, It's nice to live near the grocery store and not have to, you know, drive so long to go there. So a lot of people like those comforts. They like being around enough other people that, you know, look, there's a dentist, right down the road, and the doctor is nearby, and a hospital, and a pharmacy, and all these things that make our lives maybe more efficient, uh, more affordable, more, you know, effective, more enjoyable, comfortable, whatever. Um, Now, if we were to go live out in the sea, right, unless we had, like, a ton of people out on a seastead and had division of labor, we've talked about that before, Mm -hmm. where different people, you know, you have a dentist out on your seastead, and you have a doctor, and, you know, people who can help one another that would be a big trade-off, right? We've talked about trade-offs. You you have choices to make. And by making one decision, you're kind of giving up on something else. If you make the decision to go live out on a seastead, you're giving up having close access to all of these amenities, these comforts in life. But you know what? Maybe that's better for you because then you're not paying taxes and you're not being controlled and you don't have to listen to msnbc anymore or you know any news
0: channel,
1: you can unplug and maybe that's better for your mental health right like there's just different trade-offs to all these decisions uh i think it's just fun to see people kind of experimenting with this because who knows maybe once the kids listening are adults maybe it would be like a a realistic option where people like there would be little communities out there where you could maybe just go spend a couple years to kind of have the experience and unplug and uh, that would be really interesting to see if the idea takes off
0: I think you're absolutely right. And I mean, the main thing is competition. We've talked about that before too, right? You should have competition. Governments should have competition to say like, oh, we don't like these laws. We think these laws are unjust. We can go elsewhere. So it is really cool to me to see people, like you said, experimenting with different ideas that will bring competition to government. We need more of that. So very exciting. You know, I'm kind of, I kind—I love paying attention to what's going on in the seasteading world.
1: Yeah. I even
0: got to go to a seasteading, uh, it was like a mini conference, and we got to play a game where each table was a different seastead, and we had to try to win people over with our laws. Uh, <laughs> so that was fun. So nerd really alert. <laughs> right, right. Total nerd alert. So really fun to see this happening. Um, and yeah, it's cool to see what the future could hold.
1: Well, head to tuttletwins.com slash podcast for the show notes. We'll link to some of these resources if you guys want to click around and learn a little bit more. Make sure you're subscribed to the show. Appreciate you guys listening, and we'll see you on the next episode. See you later, Brittany.
0: See you later. You've been listening to The Way the World Works. Make sure your family is subscribed and check out tuttletwins.com for
1: more awesome content.